Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. One by one, we will be spoiler-free of details from future episodes, but we'll probably throw in a few things that have happened in episodes past. I'm Jason, and I love twirling my axe to get my point across. <laughs> and I'm Harrison, and I'm working through my daddy issues in a far healthier way than uh, Angel or Kate Lockley. Jason, what episode are we watching today? Harrison, today we are watching Angel, Season 1, Episode 15, The Prodigal. As you said, this is the one where both Angel and Kate are confronted with some daddy issues. Uh, Angel, in the in the far past, where we get a nice little cameo of a previous character. And, uh, and Kate, in the present, as she kind of realizes, sort of, that her father's up to no good. But it's more Angel who realizes it. Yeah. Uh, the Prodigal was written by Tim Minear and directed by Bruce Seth Green and originally aired on February 22nd, 2000. Jason, what are you drinking this week? Uh, audience, Harrison was nice enough uh, to share his uh, box Pinot Grigio with me. So I've got a very hefty glass full of that stuff. Very nice. Not bad. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good. We've been, it's one of the box wines we've been relying on through COVID. Um, it's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I think I went through like three different drink possibilities before I landed on what I was actually going to drink. Um, but I've made myself a vodka martini. Um, I am uh, I am a gin man, uh, in 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 practice usually. But there was no gin. Vodka was all we had. So here I am, uh, vodka out. Uh, Jason, take us away on a toast. Okay. Um, we are recording this the day after Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. So uh, it seems fitting that uh, we should raise our glasses to those who have given their lives for this country, and not just in the armed services, but also people who sometimes you never hear their names, but they give their lives, and sometimes they give them over here. Cheers. Also, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride. I was I was gonna do a little extra pride toast. Oh, um, my bad. If you did. No, no, no. That's a uh, that's allyship. Oh, proud to be an ally. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, that uh, was not you. That was me uh, <laughs> digesting. Uh, God, what a vodka reader! <laughs> oh, Jesus, can I ever? I um our our roommate had a friend over the other night, and um. I, I didn't actually meet said friend because I like had gone to bed pretty early, but John was telling me about him the, the next day and it came up that like he was straight and I was like, there was a straight person in my house. <laughs> Good thing I was in bed. I'm not gonna lie, like I know that um I know that the term breeder is supposed to be like, you know, one of the harshest things that a uh, a queer person can call a 
can call a straight person. I well, it's it's one of the harshest things that I've heard. Uh, apart from like you know, I think one that's like exclusively used for that purpose and not just like oh we're combining this with a whole bunch of other yeah. uh, things. But I don't know. The first time I heard it, I just laughed. I'm like, that, it's funny because it's kind of what we are. <laughs> that's really all you're good for. The only thing I really find straight people useful for is making other gay people <laughs> like. And even then, it's like, it's a crapshoot. Listen, my agenda is to wipe out all the straights. Obviously, listeners, I'm joking. I just don't want to be put on any watch lists. (laughs) I mean... But definitely be sure to put us on your listen list. Uh Oh, nice. Nice plug. That's what I do. (laughs) Plug. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, plug the show that we're currently doing. (laughs) Um, Speaking of plugging, uh, (laughs) Liam needs to plug his mouth because he's uh, getting himself into some trouble. That's right. We start off in Ireland, specifically Galway, in 1753. Can I just say, seamless transition. (laughs) No, like... Totally fluid. This is one of those things that's like, oh shit, how am I going to make this work? (laughs) Need to start the episode. Um, See, I thought you were going to say he needs to plug his mouth because the accent is still fucking awful. It's it's not great. And um, it's, it's sad because we have some angry Liam in this episode. And when David Boreanaz gets angry... He's too busy showing emotion to keep his accent consistent, so he very much kind of goes in and out of his American mm-hmm. accent. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, uh, um, Angel, excuse me, Liam is asking um, the servant girl of the house. He's basically saying he's asking like, "Oh, do you know where my father is?" and and she and she's like, "Oh, why aren't you going off to church with him?" He's like, "Oh, he needs to repent for his sins." Much needed repentance. <laughs> so we already know what this episode is going to be about. It is about Angel's daddy issues. Yep. Um, and uh, so he thinks, that, like, oh, he's going to be gone for hours. I can have my way with this scullery maid. But uh, unfortunately for Liam, his father is there and uh, pushes him into the sun. Don't worry. We know that this is pre-vampire. I Liam. like the, the fake out, though, where he yeah. is in the shadows and she's like, why don't... I'm not going to try. I was about to try the accent. I'm not doing that. Um, but she's like, why don't you come out of the shadows? Are you ill? And he's like, oh, the light. It hurts my eyes. Um, so but, I, yeah. um, okay. And I, I just got to read this off of the Buffy wiki. Um, his father tells him he knows why he's so ill. It's because he's been out carousing again with drinking and whoring all night. He asked Liam why he must also corrupt the servants. And Liam reminds him that... They only have the one servant and that everyone gets corrupted. Enraged by his son's chronic fecklessness <laughs> and current mocking demeanor, his father slaps him on the face, shouting that he'll always be a layabout and a scoundrel. Now, some of those words were used in the in the episode. Fecklessness was Certainly not. not. So, good job, uh, Buffy Wiki writer. I always, <laughs> always delivering us gems. Especially, it seems like, on Angel episodes. It seems like they... I mean, and I know that, you know, there's not one Wiki writer. They're fandom wikis, so it's a lot of people contributing. But it really seems like they go the extra mile on the Angel I think, episodes. I think um, these uh, Wiki editors are 
trying to uh, make the step into fan fiction. Mm. But uh, but they're like, I don't know, I should kind of stick to the source material first. But they're going to make the leap if they're throwing around fecklessness. And I say more power to them. I, you know what I don't do enough is read fan fiction. I used to read a lot of fan fiction. And there's some really... It is a dangerous rabbit hole. Though. It's a dangerous rabbit hole. But there's some good stuff out there. Well, there's either really good stuff or like really really terrible stuff that's really fun to read like the um you know our favorite um the giant squid fucks hogwarts castle i was thinking the exact same thing before he even said like as you said you know like as soon as you said that i thought oh he's going for that it's it's my go-to um but i've really never gotten into like buffy and angel fanfic um, probably because I, I really was like, I was like, I didn't get into Buffy or Angel until after I'd kind of gotten away from reading fanfic, but I might, I might, I might check some out for fun. I don't have a job. Although Yet. that might be changing for listeners. I had a job interview this week. Yeah. Um, hopefully it'll go well. So keep your fingers crossed for me or say a prayer or whatever. Um, send out that good juju. It, yeah. Send out the good juju. And if you've got any juju beans, <laughs> send them my way. But uh, let's go back to the present, where Angel is fighting a demon that looks remarkably like a homeless person. Yeah. Um, There's a good uh, transition from when Angel's father hits him, and he like kind of stumbles back, and then like a transition to Angel recovering from in the present from a hit from the yeah. demon. I liked that. It uh, it actually reminded me a little bit of. Um, the beginning of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when like uh, he's like white when young Indy's wiping his mouth, um, he's got like the split lip, and mm-hmm. then it goes to old Indy, yeah, not real old Indy, but <laughs> old Indy, because he puts the hat. The guy puts the hat on his head, and as he's putting it, kind of like mm-hmm. lowers, and then yeah, that cut. That's such a good cut. It is. Um, yeah, I mean. I think it goes without saying, but Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade, very good oh, film, so good. It's my favorite of the of the franchise. I've actually always loved Temple of Doom, and I, I know that it, it is problematic. I oh, know yeah. that it is problematic. I mean, shit, what movie from our youth isn't problematic right. at this point? Um, and I'm not saying that it's, I'm not saying that it's wrong to to uh, point out those problems. It's just that you go back and you're like, oh, man. Nothing's pure. Nothing's pure. But, uh... And I bet in 20 years, I mean, things that are coming out now, people are going to be having the same reactions mm-hmm. because, it, you know... But I always strange. thought... Yeah, I always thought, like, that action was so nonstop, plus you had the mine carts uh, in there. Loved it. And Willie is such a, a well-rounded, empowered... female. <laughs> know... Okay, Capshaw. You done? <laughs> I I have a soft, soft spot in my heart for Temple of Doom. It is I don't it, I don't think it's very good, but it is really fun it, and like it makes me laugh because um, you know uh, when I was a kid, if I had like a favorite of something, it was typically like the normal favorite. 
uh like oh very unoriginal but i always thought that was like a unique thing about me that i'm one of those few people out there that just loves the crap out of temple of doom i think it, i i mean yeah it's definitely not the like popular favorite but i know it does have a very strong phantom mm-hmm. um and listen it's miles 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 ahead of a certain other uh entry in that sh- franchise which shall not be named shall go unnamed <laughs> But uh, back to Angel, uh, we see that he is actually fighting this um, demon in a in an LA subway tunnel, mm-hmm. um, and then we see uh, then we see Kate Lockley has returned. Yeah. Um, granted, she was in the last Angel episode, but just just for a second, yeah, just just for like one hot second. I honestly think she was in that episode because this episode focused so heavily on her. And and she'd been. I think she's like been you need to, you need to remind the uh, audience that she's a thing. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I, I think she had been ep- absent for a couple episodes. Yeah, I believe so. so. So nice little just like ease her back into the narrative. But uh, she shows up to see uh, what happened. Uh, she is the uh, ranking detective on scene, um, and uh, most people think that like oh this average guy with an average build and an average height uh just like jumped off of the moving train um so helpful yeah yeah this uh this dude this dude with just a stupid looking facial hair um he uh he looks a little bit like um oh what's the name of the guy from eastbound and down um danny mcbride danny mcbride yeah i was like i i could i had his face in my yeah he head. looks he looks like danny mcbride but not willing to grow the hair that danny mcbride has <laughs> so very very poor man's danny mcbride yeah. uh, they um, called they couldn't get him too, they, too expensive for a they, bit yeah they, they, they already have um <laughs> julie vince and christina hendrix in this episode although let's I be know, honest christina, christina hendrix is not big pulling yet. a big salary for this yeah um I'll have some thoughts on Christina Hendricks when we get to that. Scene. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Kate's kind of asking like, Oh, what happened to the suspect? The officer says like, Oh, he got away. And, um, like, was there like, was it a hostage situation? And everything is kind of a little unclear. The witnesses aren't helpful, especially that delivery guy. Um, and, uh, so Kate ends up finding the, uh, Kate ends up going back there and seeing Angel and seeing the demon because she's still trying to get used to this whole demon thing. Yep. Not doing a good job of it, though. No, really not. Yeah. The, um, um, the part where she's like, is it dead? And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, so they can die. And he's like, yeah. And she's mm-hmm. like, cool. Good to know. Yeah. You know, you think with like the amount of demons that are in L.A., she would have come across at least one case that's like, oh, you know, maybe this had something else going on with it. <laughs> um, but I mean, Sunnydale syndrome. <laughs> just you know, the Sunnydale police are <laughs> what is deeply, the, deeply, stupid. deeply stupid. I always want to say extremely, but it's deeply stupid. The the L.A. police are slightly less stupid. Yeah, but still. Um, you know, it's very much a case of, uh, rationalize what you can, ignore what you can't. But yeah, she, uh, so Kate says that, um, 
well, I don't know what I need to do. Do I need to like call a uh, hazmat or the morgue? And uh, Angel says like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Um, and she's like, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't like this. Not a fan. <laughs> um, and uh, she says like, gosh, I can't believe like angels are, are that uh, demons are around us. Angels are around us now. The <laughs> demons are around us now. And. Uh, and Angel's like, well, you know, they've been here kind of before, yeah. but she doesn't care. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he says, you know what, just kind of keep like this on the DL, cover it up. I mean, it can't be the first time that you've done something like that. And he doesn't say that in like a, he doesn't say that in a cover-up sort of way, more just like fudge the details. Yeah, fudged them up. Just good. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not great, but, uh. I mean, I don't think anybody's really ready for uh, for the demon reveals yeah. just yet. And, you know, it's... I, obviously, this is not commentary that was maybe purposely being made. But, you know, the suspect is, they are assuming, is a homeless person. Mm-hmm. So, there's a certain amount of believability that the police are just going to go, eh, whatever. Um that's always fun. Yeah. Uh, but as they um, as they get back to the uh, as they get back to the platform, uh, they're que- they're still questioning this blue circle delivery guy, uh, the the not Danny McBride guy. Um, but Angel says that, oh hey, look who's there! It's Kate's dad, Trevor Lockley. Oh, yes. um, and so she goes over there, uh, calls him daddy. Uh, yeah. So not something that i would ex- not something that i would expect her to do while she's on duty yeah i guess she was just kind of thrown by uh, him being there at all that's true well she was very thrown it's i just find this that that threw me off a little bit that she did that yeah um, and she did it in the was it sense and sensitivity that he was also in she like consistently calls him daddy and i it i you know i know i this is not a value judgment i know some people call their father's daddy and that's fine but it it doesn't doesn't ring true with her character it doesn't at all um i'd find it more believable if she was literally calling him father or like i would expect just a dad or 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 like like on smallville how lois like consistently refers to her dad as general the general like that's that is what the dynamic between these two characters is yeah so it's weird that she i'm glad i wasn't the only one who was thrown off by that although maybe it's we know she's desperate to have some sort of real relationship with this guy Mm -hmm. so maybe that maybe that is a um an overcorrection on her part of their, the how strained that relation is. Relationship well, while we're is. talking about, and you did mention sense and sensitivity, which is the uh, for those of you who don't remember, it's the episode where all the cops got extremely uh, open and emotional about mm-hmm. things, and uh, Kate uh, said a lot of things that she'd been wanting to say to years to her, for years to her father. Um, and that episode ended with uh, basically just kind of showing us what kind of man Trevor Lockley really was and that uh, he said, you know what, just keep that stuff to yourself and don't embarrass Mm -hmm. me again. Um, So I'm a little disappointed now. We were big fans of Sense and Sensitivity just because it kind of like puts sensitivity into a comedic light. Mm -hmm. 
but um, I do think that that was an important development for Trevor Lockley, and I don't think it's consistent with what happens in this episode. It doesn't also. seem, yeah, it doesn't seem that that uh, that that awkwardness that they were left with is there now um and i feel like if if it was so important to have trevor in both this episode and uh kate's last big episode that they should have kept that consistent so i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with that slightly okay because i think it i think the point this episode's trying to make is that this because Kate is surprised at, like, how kind of open he's being with her and this kind of closeness. And it's kind of implied yeah, that so. all of this is actually is not him actually trying to forge a deeper relationship with her. It's getting the information from her about what's going on in this case. Because he, when he's talking with the demon later in the episode, he's like, I'm pumping my daughter for information on this. So I, I at least read that as all of their closeness, quote, in this episode was completely insincere on, on his side because mm-hmm. he was just trying to, to cover up. And that the, the, this actually sincere part of it was when he talks about, like, um, the reason he's doing this is to take the money to provide for her mm. because that's how he can... In his mind, that's what caring for his daughter is. It's not talking to her and connecting with her. It's making sure she has enough money. Fair enough. Um, that was just my read. I mean, yeah. Um, let, let's dive back into the episode. Yeah, and uh, let's do it. Yeah, it'll 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 become more apparent probably. <laughs> you yeah, and you know what you're you you've got a good read of it, but uh, yeah, as mentioned. Um, Trevor's there and he's kind of just showing, um, he's kind of just, uh, um, he says, oh, you know, um, I was just kind of in the neighborhood and Kate just assumes like, oh, you've been listening to your old, um, to your old police scanner and, uh, to hear that I was the, that I was the one on the scene. And, um, so Trevor kind of like, yeah, you got me. I wanted to, I wanted to check on you. I was um, no cop from Chicago. I can't remote properly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I where's the lie? It's not. It's just like the the motions that you did with it was really funny. Uh, um, but yeah. So Angel. So uh, when her dad leaves, Angel um says like, "Oh, I mean, is everything okay?" And you're like, "Hey, you know what? You can't do that. We're not friends." Um, not your girlfriend. Can't just kill a demon and then like expect us to go out for a cappuccino. I think he can ask if she's okay, though. I mean, I think someone's a little touchy on this subject. Well, I mean, we see that throughout the episode as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she says that right now they just have to be professional because Kate isn't really sure what this relationship is going to be. And, you know, maybe maybe it might be the fact that like there was a romantic attraction to Angel Mm-hmm. pre-knowing that he was a vampire and so now that she knows this she's probably carrying just a little anger about that and yeah. showing it and like i'm mad at you <laughs> for being a vampire kate's uh yeah kate's emotions towards angel 
very complicated because what are they? Are they allies? Are they enemies? Is there this attraction? Like, you know, all of this is going through Kate's head. Um, You know, does he only like me because I'm blonde and and can fight? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of blondes, um, we go back to Galway and uh, Liam's uh, beating up a bunch of people. And then um, Joan from Mad Men decides... That, that was her character in Mad Men, right? I've never watched Mad Men, so I... Sure. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, because... um, Because uh, Peggy, that was... um, El- That was um, Elizabeth uh, Olsen. Not Elizabeth Moss. Olsen. Elizabeth Moss's character. <laughs> I think her name was Peggy Olsen. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I think. that I could be wrong on that. Pull up a Mad Men I'm, cast list. Hold on. I, <laughs> so I pulled up... Uh, I, well, I went to Christina Hendricks first. I'm pretty sure she's Joan. Um, yes, she played Joan Holloway, um, and, uh, for, um, listeners who are, you know, probably a lot of you are fans of this verse, uh, played, uh, Saffron Bridget slash, she had another name, uh, on, uh, I can't, uh, Yolanda. Okay. On, on Firefly. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, I think fans call her Yosaf Bridge. Because um, <laughs> no one knows what her actual name is. Um, that is what I, like, became, how I became aware of Christina Hendricks was mm-hmm. watching, um, was watching uh, fucking that show. Firefly. Was watching Firefly. Sorry, I'm saying this while I'm also scrolling through the Mad Men uh, cast list to try to find... I figured Elizabeth Moss would be, like, right at the top. Did I scroll past her? You had to have. She's she's one of the main characters. Yeah, I... Oh, I did scroll past her. Um, yes, Peggy Olsen. Aha! Character. I was like, I knew there was an Olsen somewhere this, in yeah. there. So th- this all connects. This all connects. Um, <laughs> so before we get, like, into the meat of the scene, and while we're on the subject of Christina Hendricks, mm-hmm. I always remember that Christina Hendricks is in an Angel episode. But I'm always wrong about which one it is. Because there is a season two episode um, that involves a... Um, the, the plot is a, it's about a young woman who has like telekinetic powers. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Not at the top of my head. Because it's um, definitely one that I probably wouldn't visit like just rewatching random episodes. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good one. I think it's... I, I, I like it. It involves... Um, um, a Wolferman Hart character who I love so dearly, who we have not met yet. Um, Patience. Um, yes. But um, I always, in my mind, Christina Hendricks plays the telekinetic woman. Because um, I think the woman is kind of a similar, like, she has red hair. I think she's um, <clears throat> well-endowed. Um, ample bosomed ample bosomed um which famously christina hendrix is is mm-hmm. um and uh so it always fucks me up if i'm doing an angel rewatch when she's in this episode and then i'm like oh that's right she's not that girl in season two she's just this random bar wench um, <laughs> who talks to Darla. Yep, Darla makes her debut in Angel. Yay! Also ample bosomed. Yes, uh, <laughs> but that might be uh, due to a corset. Oh, yeah. Um, but then again, I mean, you have seen Dexter, and it's not that like, like she's got she's got very nice breasts. Listen, 
Dexter. I, I sounded like I sounded like Captain Holt there for a second for Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> yes, my wife has very large breasts that I love touching. <laughs> oh, I just I'm, not, I'm just gonna go on a small, tiny, like thirty second little mini rant. It might not even be that long, but if it's about Dexter, it's gonna be a while. Uh, no, I'm gonna keep it short. I'm aware of my feelings, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them. And spoilers for Dexter, end of season four. Um, you know, skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to be spoiled. Rita's death was shocking, and it was a moment of television. But I don't think the show ever fully recovered from losing that character. I think she was really, really important to the DNA of that show. Um... Because it's around that time that the show decided that Dexter needed to be a superhero and not a very complicated, you know, anti-hero. And losing Rita, I think, was a big part of how that show took the, a turn for the worse in its later years. Um, not the only reason, but I... Um, Lovely yeah. Rita. Uh but goddamn, that was a moment of television, though. Yeah, like I, mean, I remember after I watched it, uh, we had a, I think we had a show that day, um, that we were in together, and I like just walked up to you and hugged you because <laughs> oh my god, did I need it? My brother watched the show in its entirety recently, or I, I, I think he watched it in its entirety. I don't remember if he ever ended up finishing it, but. He texted me, about to start the season four finale, and then, like, an hour later, fuck this show. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, fair. Totally fair. But uh, in this case, uh, Julie Benz is playing the lovely Darla. Oh, God, I love Um, her. And uh, she's asking questions about this brawling, beautiful man, this hunk of Irish beef. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, Holy shit. Is Darla my gay agenda this week? Yeah, fuck it. Darla's <laughs> my gay agenda this week. Okay. Just, just, just like, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we both want this hunk I, of Irish. I'm, I'm sorry, like, I, I, I find it funny that your gay agenda at the start of Pride is a woman being attracted <laughs> to a man. Okay. <laughs> my other gay agenda is um, Darla being... Um, she's sitting and Christina Hendricks is standing. So Darla is just, her eyes are boob level. So gay agenda number two. Oh man. I'd watch that video. <laughs> uh, my third gay agenda is later, um, in the episode and all. We'll get there. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, and the serving girl, uh, let's call her Joan, uh, is, uh, <laughs> Or Saffron, whichever one you want to do. Or Yolanda, or Bridget, yeah, yeah. or, um, or for uh, any fans of uh, Another Period, Chair. Okay. <laughs> um, so Chair says that... <laughs> says that, um, oh, he uh, he like makes a lot of promises that he doesn't uh, follow through with in the morning, meaning that they have banged probably quite a bit. Yep. Um, and Darla's like... Works for me. Yeah, more or less. Uh, we go back to uh, Angel Investigations. Angel has been thinking about this while um, not listening to Cordelia talk about the uh, talk about the new security system that she has installed. I will say um, Wesley and Cordelia play very minor roles in this episode, 
But as usual, yes. there's great payoff to this Cordelia security system storyline. So fucking... Yeah. <laughs> it's really all Cordelia does... For, for the most part in the episode. Minus the hacksaw. Minus the hacksaw. <laughs> but, um, but god damn, it is funny. <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, right now she's saying, oh, we need a code. Um, we need a code for the security system. And uh, she's like, you know, something like my birthday. Something easy to remember. He's like, I don't remember. Your, I don't know your birthday. She's like, tell me something that I don't know that you don't know. <laughs> Basically, she's trying to make sure that Angel never forgets her birthday. (laughs) This is the most roundabout way of doing that, but... It's, um... It's perfect. But, uh, after chastising Angel for not knowing her birthday, uh, Wesley comes in and says that he's, uh, found out that what Angel fought in the subway is called a Kawani demon. Um, uh, Kawani? Was it Kawani? That sounds right. Yeah. I feel like I should know that. I'm not going to lie, a lot of the details of this episode are kind of forgettable. Uh, yeah, especially, and not just this episode, but anytime it's just kind of a, a random demon that's not, like, super yeah. important what they are, it's like, oh, yeah, the Carbloffler demon, of course. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like a Star Trek, it's like, oh, the Florbatan <laughs> uh, species, who's only in this one episode. But the... Uh... But yeah, um, Wesley's research says that these are typically peaceful demons and are said to be balancing in nature. Um, yeah, so... what does that mean? They never really explain what that actually means. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe they're like a beneficial part to any uh, ecosystem that they okay. come into. Um, peaceful demons and... Yeah, they, they don't go into a lot of detail, so like they we don't eat, really know. They eat, like, the bugs that spread diseases. I mean, maybe. I, I doubt they do, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just, if nothing else, they bring a calming presence to oh, the nice. wildness of nature. I like that. Um, so they don't know, so basically they shouldn't have fought, um, they shouldn't have been fighting in general, and they also shouldn't have been as strong as Angel has described, so uh, Angel thinks maybe that someone on the train could have set things off. He goes to Kate, uh, and he wants to um, he wants to basically find out names of the people on the train. Uh, of course, he has to sidestep things because uh, he has to do a little uh, verbal sidestepping because Kate does not want to hear the word demon. So she's like, "All right, we'll call them evil things," uh, which. Not gonna lie, kind of a, a, a prejudiced. I'm not gonna say racist, but um, prejudiced. Yes. <laughs> Little bigoted. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, uh, which is, especially as we've gotten um, on Angel specifically, but Buffy's been dealing with this as well of the moral ambiguity of the quote unquote evil thing world, mm-hmm. which is what Angel's trying to explain to kate here where he's like some evil Evil things things are are not evil and i mean me personally i would have been just like okay listen bitch uh i'm using the word demon because that's the proper nomenclature um well you demonic american perhaps (laughs) demonic (laughs) american Um, and some are evil and some aren't and Listen, you gotta wrap that around your head. <laughs> as long as October is a demonic American month. 
<laughs> Love that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and he's, he's trying to get this information and she's just like, look, that thing was just evil. I want to forget about it. So she's not being helpful in the slightest. Nope. There is a good moment in here too, where in that he's trying, when he's trying to explain and she's like, oh, so some evil things aren't evil. He's like, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, oh, you're right. Sorry. And you know, maybe she, uh, maybe she doesn't actually believe that. Maybe she, maybe she's just kind of like keeping Angel at an arm's length, thinking that he's going to uh, attack. Yeah, she doesn't even know. Well, she does know that he was an evil, evil thing, but I don't think she's she's not gotten the full scope of like his curse and all that. I don't thing. think so. So, yeah, she doesn't even know how bad it could be. She did do some research into uh, Angelus, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if like she did got to the curse yet, the Romani curse. But it's very um, the show. Both shows are very inconsistent about uh, how well how well known that is, how well researched it is. <laughs> yeah. um, so Angel decides um, to uh, go to Blue Circle where the uh, courier was from and just uh, decide to start tailing him. Um, and it turns out that uh, he goes to an apartment to deliver a package to, who else? Trevor Lockley. Trevor Lockley! And he's like, oh, package for me? Okay, I'm going to call a copy. Give me that <laughs> I don't know why Harrison's doing this weird thing whenever he... Is making fun of Trevor Lockley, but it's so funny. So to describe it, because this is because <laughs> I'm doing a physical bit in an audio medium, <laughs> I'm like li- I, lifting my arms up, are like kind of like a gorilla stance or like the Hulk, <laughs> and then like kind of just like slowly waggling them back and forth. <laughs> Um, why I'm like puffing myself up like (laughs) that is what Harrison's idea of a manly man is (laughs) listen I every time I see someone walking down the street going I'm just like oh stay away from that guy oh clearly Trevor Lockley (laughs) Trevor Lockley you know the Beyonce meme is it just me or does Trevor Lockley sound like he should be a main character in like a um I don't know, like a, a Regency era, um, a Regency era um, novel. So, like he could easily be going after Elizabeth Bennet. Well, so I think part of that is the um, the um, Lockley name, mm-hmm. which is um, uh, what's his ass, um, Robin Hood, right? Robin of Locksley. Oh, I maintain my point. Close okay, enough. Fair I, enough. Like so, yeah. So I think I think that, and then. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Now I'm just thinking about that sexy fox with no pants. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he did have pants. No. Oh, Robin Hood doesn't wear any pants in that movie. Wait. Hang on. I I think you might be wrong. I, okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Before you look it up, how much are you willing to put down on this bet? Um. Nothing. Nothing. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so he, he does wear a tunic. Um, he does wear a tunic, but in all fairness, you don't know what he's wearing underneath of it. Nothing. Come in. <clears throat> don't remember 
remember buying that box of wads very long ago. I, I Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe, it's a, maybe it's a little John who has the... Uh, who wears the pants? And <laughs> well, mm, well, we know Maid Marion wears the pants. Um, listeners, I just te- I, I finished my martini and just texted my husband to bring me uh, a glass of wine. And um, it does appear that the box of wine was nearly empty. <laughs> um, if you heard his judgmental statement. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize. Uh, both Robin Hood and Little John, uh, they only wear those tunics, so... Um, because they're bad. poor, they can't afford pants. They give all the money away. <laughs> Only rich people can have pants. King John is definitely wearing fucking or Prince John, because Richard's the king. Yeah. He... I've, wow. I've not watched that movie in fifteen years. Why do I have such an like? <laughs> I feel like I've watched that movie fairly recently. It's not a bad movie. It's. I mean, at least what I remember of it, it's it's pretty good. I'm. I've been doing a, a Disney like rewatch, but I st- I've. The way I've been doing it is I, like, started at both ends mm-hmm. and, like, alternating between, like, I think, like, Frozen 2 is where I started because that was the most recent mm-hmm. one and then Snow White and then yeah. alternating kind of meet in the middle. That way I didn't have to watch a bunch of really boring anthology movies. <laughs> like you They know, aren't all bad. They're not all bad. <laughs> I don't... The one with uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk, really like that one. That is a... Uh, Make that is music. fun and... Oh, fun and fancy free. You're right. Yes. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, but, uh, Trevor Lockley. <laughs> but yes, uh, Trevor, um, so when the courier leaves, uh, Angel, um, knocks on Trevor's door. He's like, hey, um, and, uh, he basically says, like, oh, I, I can see that you're up to something, um, and, uh, you know, I'm just trying to protect Kate, and so, obviously, Trevor's not a big fan of, uh, of this guy, of this like this hot piece of Irish beef, <laughs> <laughs> trying to uh, threaten him or his daughter. Um, Maybe that's my gay agenda: is Trevor like just trying to stamp down his attraction to Angel? <laughs> <laughs> just, he's like, no, no. That might be a bridge too far. He's 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 so hot, but not my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> But now, uh, that I, now that I know that you like it, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it more so I can get attention. But um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, Angel's kind of implying that uh, Trevor's not really doesn't really care about Kate, um, and uh, Trevor says, um, "Oh well, like, do you have children?" He's like, "No." He's like, "Then you don't know what a father would do for his children." Flashback! Uh, yeah, that sounds like a great place for a flashback. And before we get to the flashback, I just want to throw in that that is... This is kind of my my read of him, is that he he does love Kate, but he's so emotionally immature and, and you know, the fucking patriarchy. He, he's, he lacks any... He's never been taught how to... Give the daughter the love that he has for her. I and that is like, that is, that is a huge problem of like basically every generation that has come before this one. Oh, absolutely. I guarantee this father, or like Trevor Lockley's dad, was even fucking worse to him because mm-hmm. it's a fucking cycle. Yep. Um, and one that it seems like we're close to breaking, but Let's hope. I hope so. But uh, basically, um, 
uh, Liam is telling in Galway. Liam is uh, saying uh, goodbye to his mom and his sister. Uh, did we know that he had a sister? Yes. Okay. I, I did look the sister up while we were watching the episode because I was curious if she had ever been mentioned before and if she ever gets mentioned again. Um, and she is mentioned in the episode Angel on Buffy um, that he had a sister and okay. he killed her. But uh, but yeah, so um, basically he uh, he's had enough with his father... Um, calling him a disappointment which uh his father proceeds to do again right um it's like you're kind of proving my point here dad (laughs) um and he says that like he was very loyal to him but uh he's like i don't want to part i don't want to be here anymore and uh he's like oh well if you like walk through that door don't expect to come back and he said he's like that's fine yeah um then leaves and uh then we get like a Sorry, I just had a moment of very, just the parallel um, between that and um, Buffy and Joyce in Becoming, Mm. um, in that fight, where Joyce says the same thing, Um, but, you know, happily, Buffy does not come back and murder Joyce. Instead, they have mature adult conversations and um, work through their issues. But but speaking of Becoming... This is uh, followed by a nice little kind of montage of scenes from Becoming Part 1, yep. um, which basically ends with uh, Darla siring Liam. I love these flashbacks here because obviously they're relevant to what's going on in this episode. It is a little jarring because the picture quality is <laughs> not as good because it was before they got their big budget bump um, post-season 2. Also, that uh, Julie Benz and David Boreanaz, particularly David Boreanaz, both look so much younger <laughs> in those in this like the archive footage as opposed to the rest of the flashbacks. I honest, the it time. honestly wasn't as apparent to me, but uh, I, I think if you're not looking for it, then you uh, won't notice it. it. For me, it was mostly in David's face. Um, mm. His face was a lot. Um, a lot thinner not that he's not thin here but like (laughs) he is a little he just is a little fuller in the face um in the now but uh but yeah and so we we know the story of uh of liam becoming a vampire on her boobies yeah um he is the one who is eye level with the boobs now yep um so uh we go back to the present um, and Trevor decides to, uh, go out for lunch with his daughter. And, um, he tries to make it like, oh, I want to like, you know, sit down and talk with you. But he's clearly just trying to find out information about Angel, yeah. including asking him, uh, or including asking Kate, um. If they're banging. Well, there's that. But also I was just like, oh, is he like, is that a Mexican name or something? Oh yeah. And I'm right like, that. um. Maybe in Dexter, right? Uh, on hell, um, and so funny thing when I was looking up Angel's sister because I couldn't remember what her name is. It's Kathy, by the way. Um, but uh, the first thing that came up was uh, Angel's sister on Dexter, <laughs> who's uh, played by Amy Garcia. Um, I had to scroll a bit. Um, he also is like. Uh, he doesn't say it, but he asks if uh, 
He asks if Angel is West Hollywood, meaning is he gay? Yeah. Um, For those of you who don't know yeah. that um, that kind of outdated uh, <laughs> nomenclature. <laughs> oh gosh. If I we, if we had to keep a tally of. Um, <laughs> Maybe outdated gay references. I think a, I think a better Even one for now would be ones. like a never one would be like a a better one for now would be like a. I mean, is he from San Francisco? <laughs> well, it's funny because if you if this were set in New York, it'd be uh, not not West Hollywood. It'd be East Village. Okay. Um, I I think. Oh, now I'm now I'm worried that some New Yorker is gonna be like actually bitch well in all fairness all new yorkers are like that to people who aren't from new york that's true it is uh, the it's goal. just like well if you know you know <laughs> i when we went to new york i was just like oh yes i could do well here it's, it's a pretty cool place i loved new york new york and chicago those are i you know i, I fucking love both of those places and yeah but uh yeah she says that angel is a pi and he's a good one um, and, uh, he says that, um, and, uh, he basically is mostly just trying to find out the information about Angel, but then he does say, and this might be probably, like, a genuine moment between the two of them, he says, like, you know, it's not great to be alone. Um. Yeah, this moment feels like one of the only sincere things he says to her, which is sad, because it's part of me wonders, like, if he had lived... Like, maybe he, this, this is depressing to think about, but, like, maybe these fake conversations where he's pretending to care about her, you know, he actually maybe could. Like, and I say pretending to care, and I obviously I've made it clear that I do think he does care, but, like, he's only saying the right things because mm-hmm. he has an ulterior motive, but he, that doesn't mean that's how it always had to be, and maybe yeah. he could have gotten there because I don't think people are static and can't change. But uh, Even Trevor Lockwood from Chicago <laughs> is a cop. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, Angel's talking to uh, Cordelia and Wesley, um, and uh, he uh, he's talking about how he's, like, worried about the way that Kate is acting towards demons, and, uh, and Wesley says, like, you know, it just takes... For some people, it takes time for them to get used to the dark things of this world. Uh, in which uh, Cordelia's like, oh, I found his body, pulls out a hacksaw. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, they are in the subway tunnel, and I love that. It's, well, and he specifically says, like, he said, frankly, kind of sexist. He's like, especially women. <laughs> and then that's the cut to Cordelia, like, got it! Yep. Like, sawing this, this demon corpse. And uh, w- through the uh, autopsy that is performed... Uh, Wesley discovers that, um, typically there is a, um, there's the organ, uh, what is the adrenal gland? It is the adrenal gland. Yes. Mm -hmm. Basically the, uh, the Kiwani, um, equivalent of an adrenal gland. And, uh, typically those are supposed to be like the size of a walnut, but the one that, uh, he gets out of that demon is very, very large and it's due to, a um a drug that basically kind of a magical pcp so we finally finally get an actual gang on pcp (laughs) (laughs) hallelujah 
Principal Snyder and the mayor would be so pleased. <laughs> They're both dead. <laughs> well, up in heaven. Really? Heaven? <laughs> for Snyder? <laughs> oh, I was... In the split second between you said the words for and Snyder, my brain went, say Snyder because that's funnier. That's funnier, Jason. Thank you. I, I mean, knew I could count on you. Every now and again, I'm funny. <laughs> Doesn't happen too often, but... Uh, you know, the the mayor went to snake heaven. <laughs> Do you believe in snake heaven? I do now. That's what the mayor is. I was... So I told you about that gay werewolf movie I watched earlier. Yeah. Um, uh, for listeners who care, it was called The Wolves of Cromer. It was a little indie movie from like the late 90s. Um, I was watching it because uh, this podcast I follow that I've mentioned on here before, Horror Queers, it's really good. Check it out. Um, they're, they're covering it. And there's a scene between this like priest and this woman who goes to the church where she brought her dog to church and he's kind of like trying to like do this roundabout way of being like don't bring your dog into the church and she's like well dogs have souls they'll go to heaven and he's like yes but dogs go to dog heaven <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird movie <laughs> i have learned that all dogs do go to heaven there have been two movies for that. Except the movie explicitly... Has dog hell. Uh, shows <laughs> dog hell. So, God, that movie fucked me up real bad as a kid. I have not seen it since I was a child because it was a really traumatic. Uh, but the, um, yeah, the drug basically um, turns peaceful uh, demons violent and enhances their strength. Angel um, oh, what would, says, what would happen if you give the drug to something that's already strong and um wesley says oh i shudder to think uh of course um that's not that's not brought up again at all i don't know why they just kind of like implied that well unless unless like the demon at the end has that drug too but it's like that's kind of i think what the implication is supposed to be except he goes down super easy yeah so it doesn't quite connect to the way I think they wanted it. Turns out the demon is not mightier than the sword. (laughs) Um, And then comes Cordelia. Now, you may wonder, why is Cordelia wearing this blonde wig and uh, big sunglasses? Possibly she's returning from uh, from an audition (laughs) or even from a movie set. No, that is her tailing outfit. (laughs) I, well, see, my first thought was, why would you put on a disguise to tell someone who's never seen you before? Um, but I, I guess the, I guess there is some value in it. If they spot you tailing yeah. them, then okay. But I it love how she's not she, inconspicuous. It's not inconspicuous, <laughs> and but I also love that no one says a word about it yeah. in the scene. Um, and she she makes some uh, a little snide comment about how she's like you know I was tailing our suspect because you know the boss can't during the day or he'll die. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah Cordelia's got a lot of snark in this. Um, not much else, but I do love the snark. Oh yeah. Um, but she did. Uh, she was able to uh, take some pictures with a video camera. A huge. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not inconspicuous. Yeah. She's um, she makes a comment where she's like, you know, telling people is not like the movies, but luckily I am. So. <laughs> and I say, go Cordy, go Cordy. Love you. Um, but uh, and she's able, and Angel's able to see that the courier picks up uh, packages that were similar to the one given to Kate, given to uh, Trevor Lockley, 
um, from a business called Kells Exotic Auto. Yes. Um, we then go to Kells Exotic Auto, and uh, Trevor is there, and he's talking to these shady-looking people. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I made a comment while we were watching the episode about them being Wolfram and Hart employees. But I think I actually wrong. said. I think I'm wrong. I think I they're just, just they're just demons in suits. Yeah. Well, they're vampires. Yeah, specifically. Uh-huh. I think I just saw them in suits and went, "Ah, oh, they're from Wolfram and Hart." Um, but yeah. I, I think I was incorrect. Uh, I honestly, I've been surprised at how little of a presence Wolfram and Hart has had in this yeah. first season. I don't remember that being. I, I guess Wolfram and Hart tends to be minor spoilers but they tend to be the the major yeah. ongoing antagonists I, of the series i think this would have been a good place to incorporate them have these goons of this demon be wolfram and hart lawyers mm-hmm. um or at least like one of them because it would have made the and i don't dislike this episode by any means um because i think it's got a lot of really strong stuff but i think it would have made this episode by having a, the wolfram and hart connection would have made this plot um, this like drug running plot feel more essential than mm-hmm. it actually ultimately yeah. is. Yeah. Um, Trevor says that basically he uh, ha- does that thing that a lot of TV shows do, where uh, you have what should be a normal conversation, but it in fact basically just outlines what's been yeah. going on the whole time. <laughs> you know, that's classic writing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he uh, he's basically been for the past few years. Um, helping this business transport um, illegally imported auto parts um, so that they don't have to worry about imports mm-hmm. um, uh, like the the tax like the levies and taxes and stuff that go on with that and in return he gets paid yeah um, but uh, now he's like um, oh you want me to like take stuff from the crime scene you want me to get information from my daughter yeah. and he's like uh, you know what let's just dial it back a bit yeah it sounds uh, like up to this point, his role has been largely just like, he hasn't had to do anything like super, super shady, mm-hmm. even though he clearly knows that Yeah, he's, he's still doing illegal things. Yeah. It's just, it's stuff that he can Live be with. all right with. Yeah. yeah. And now they're asking him to do more and he's, mm-hmm. which that's, that's how they get you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, it, 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 I'm sorry, not to make light of it, but that is like they bring you in on something small but still illegal and then then they've got you they've got the leverage to make you i'm saying they so nebulously they also he was telling the uh, the drug dealers about angel as well yeah um but uh uh once he leaves they're like oh what should we do about him and then like this uh this like demon just walks was like kill him (laughs) kill the kill the pi too (laughs) well no because it's first kill angel yeah and then that the 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 little oh and then kill lockley too yeah the little twerpy vampire dudes like well lockley's already pretty twitchy if we kill the pi he might bail completely and that's when the demon's like kill lockley too (laughs) it's like wow just just really seems like a toxic work environment (laughs) to me (laughs) This will not be getting a good review on Glassdoor. <laughs> but uh, but let's go to back to Galway. Um, is this the? Uh, this isn't the last time we go back to Galway. This is um, this is Angel's funeral. Yes, this, Liam's this is the, funeral. This is Liam's funeral. Um, and 
even his father is uh, there, and but everybody's sad, um, especially his mother and sister. And uh, after the uh, after the coffin is buried and everybody's gone at night, Angel crawls out of his grave. So now we actually do get to see him yeah. becoming a vampire and see what his first victims are. Yeah. The uh, caretaker for the graveyard shows up, mm-hmm. and uh, and he says. Uh, He's like, oh, you, you all are grave robbers. And then he gets eaten by by Liam. Because he's still Liam at this point. Yes. I do love the kind of... Um, because, okay, here's the, th- the, here's the thing. There is a strangely incestual relationship, not just between Darla and Angel, but, like... Anytime these vampires create another, like they sire another vampire, but also have a romantic relationship with them, um, there's a weirdly parental relationship there because Darla's like, she's like teaching him. She's like, you yeah. know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. um, and we kind of, there were hints of that as well with um, Angel and Drusilla. Yeah. Where, you know, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Vampires are, as depicted in media, are very sexual beings. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, all that... Some of that sex is incredibly cringy. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen an interview with a vampire. (laughs) That Um, little girl was so horny because she was not a little girl. (laughs) She was, like, 200. But, uh, yeah, um... So she says, like, uh, oh, um, you can have anyone. And he's like, anyone? I was thinking the whole town. And so... And Darla's like, sploosh! Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, this guy's speaking my language now. Um, back to the present. Cordelia is has finally set the, the alarm code. Angel's going to do some recon. Um, and... Uh, and he's just like, no, I need to like kind of be conspicuous. And Cordy is like, he just doesn't want you along. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, Cordy. And then Kate walks in and of course doesn't set off the alarm. So Cordy is like, damn it. So pissed. I mean, I think in real life, that's not how those, I mean, those sort of alarms work. I think so. We had an alarm in this house that um, did not work properly and periodically would just go off for no reason um, because there was something wrong with the sensor in it. Great. And um, literally sometime, like, it was, like, last fall, normally it would just do it, like, every once in a while, but it would get to the point, it got to the point where it was doing it, like, at least once every night, usually around, like, 3 or 4 a.m. So um, they had to come and, like, cut it out. Um, that was fun. But I think the idea of it is it's, like, the alarm isn't set while you're in the house. You set it when you leave. Yeah. And then when you go in, you just turn it off. You put in the code. But if obviously if someone breaks in, they don't know the code. The alarm keeps going and that alerts the proper authorities. Well, but the reason that Cordelia's put this in is so that she can be like ready for if demons break into Angel Investigations. Okay. So maybe they've got a different setting on Yeah. It. All right, I'll allow it. Like that's that's kind of <laughs> why she wanted the alarm in the first place. I'm I'm imagining the conversation that Cordy's having with the alarm company. Like, <laughs> so what I need is, you know, our place of business will likely be broken into at least once a week. 
Twice during sweeps, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is L.A., and L.A.'s got it's got a fair share of crime. Um, Kate uh, tells... Um, Kate has the list of passengers for uh, Angel. L- too little, too late. <laughs> right. But he is, he is thankful for it, um, and she mentions that she talked with her father, um, and that uh, she said, like, she told him that he was a good P.I., and uh she's kind of like starting to come to terms with mm-hmm. this whole thing so that's great it means that things are gonna end the episode's gonna end really great for everybody yeah everyone's gonna be so happy at the end of this um, week. so kate leaves uh angel leaves to um again go do recon uh but as he leaves cordelia sets the alarm and then then uh two kawani demons burst in and uh, the alarm does go off saying, oh, door is open. And then another alarm goes off saying, like, bathroom window ajar. <laughs> Cordelia's like, I know! <laughs> um, but yes, that's the, that's the fantastic payoff. Um, well, I think, I mean, this is really funny, but I think the better payoff comes in, in just a moment. Okay. Because they, they have this big, I mean, it's just a fight in the office. It's not yeah. super special. Um, they kill a couple of the demons. Um... Uh, Cordy's wearing this really gorgeous top that's um, just like pastels and this is very flattering. Um, and uh, they kill the demons and Angel, I think, runs, like throws one of them out a window. Mm-hmm. And after he does that, the alarm makes another like office window. And <laughs> that's when Cordy goes, I'm going to go cut it out of the wall. Or, <laughs> like, or, like, or I'm going to go cut the plug on it. Or something. <laughs> All of that work for this alarm. And yes, she's like, it fuck it. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much Cordy and Wesley for this episode. Like, I, I, Yeah. Do they do, do, they do anything else? No, I think else? the rest of it is Angel and Kate. Yeah. Um, Angel's trying to get a hold of Kate uh, to tell, say that, like, oh, was, her father's in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and he says that, um, oh, vampires are coming after him, uh, but he doesn't know that they're vampires. Yeah. So uh, when he does, and it does show like the uh, two of the vampires um, with Trevor, and he is about to, uh, yeah, and he's about to, um, well, let's see. We should probably go to the flashback first. Oh, um, yes. Yes. This is the final flashback. And... Uh, uh, this is the second to last flashback, I think. We get this flashback where he, spoiler alert, um, kills his family. And then I think near the end, we get the flashback with Darla coming in. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Because um, they, pair, they yeah. pair the yeah. the deaths of the fathers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. Uh, so Liam uh, walks in. Uh, it shows him, like, in the... Uh, in the house, his father sees him. He's like, there's no way that you could have gotten in um, because you weren't invited. And he's like, oh, but I was invited. And he points to his sister, who is Ugh. dead. Um, also, um, uh, in a later shot, you see that uh, his mom. mother's dead as well. Um, and hey, Gosh, so hard. but this is um, when she's... The reason that her sister... Uh, the reason that uh, Liam's sister opened the door... And let him in was because that she thought that he was coming back, that the Lord sent back as an angel, angel. which, uh, hey, do you think that's where, like, he got his name? I, 
I think this is a bit of a retcon because originally he was Angelus because of his angelic face. Mm. But I like this explanation more. Yeah, I think I, it's good. I think it's grosser. I think it's meaner that he 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 took the name given to him by his sister right before he murdered her. That's fucked up. Um, and, and it is one thing I'm disappointed in. This episode is so heavily focused on the father-son relationship. Um, but I'm really interested in what this brother-sister relationship yeah. and father or, and mother and son relationship was because they seem to have a better relationship with him, but particularly his sister. And this episode and the show as a whole never, yeah, never explores that. Um, because because really post to this, any explorations into Angel's past are post vampire. Are po- yeah, post it's when he's ange- it's as Angelus. Mm-hmm. Um or like post insolment pre Buffy. Right. So I do think that's a bit of a missed opportunity because I I feel like there was probably stuff to mine from those relationships. Mm-hmm. So um but I do like the I do like that the that that an- angel connection. But yeah, um uh his father's like trying to attack him, but obviously Liam is stronger than him and he uh also says like uh oh you know you you seem to be uh you, you seemed a lot taller when i was alive I so i that. yeah i don't want to let a tiny man terrorize me the way that you did and uh so hey he has made something of himself cue the vamp face and uh cue the uh drinking of the blood yes. even while um his even while his father is saying uh Saying the Our Father doesn't work. The only thing I was missing from this scene was because he bites his dad, and then they kind of there's a it's a it like pretty extreme close up of this happening, and then the inevitable like sliding down the mm-hmm. wall, and it just ugh, it was probably too much for standards and practices at the time. But what I really wanted was a blood smear. Oh yeah, that would have been good. Him. That would have been a good touch. Yeah, I. I Almost certainly the way that was filmed, they wanted... I, I guarantee they mm-hmm. wanted one there, but probably wasn't allowed. It was still a good shot, though. Yeah. Um, then we have a very... Um, you thought that scene was tough to watch. This scene is tough to watch because... Um, uh, Trevor is about to, like, uh, shoot these, uh, these two guys, not knowing that they're vampires, so... Wouldn't have really helped, but at right before he gets the chance, um, Angel knocks on the door. Trevor opens it, and Angel's like, "You gotta let me in," and uh, he's like, "No, get away." Um, he and I think he just like wants to keep him out of his business. Yeah. Um, but of course, like uh, this leads to the um, this leads to the vampires being able to easily yeah. defeat Trevor and kill him, even though uh, because. Angel can't come in. He says, like, yeah. you kill him the minute, like, his, the minute he dies, I'm coming through and killing you. Um, another, but all he can do is just stand there and watch. Yeah. Another kind of parallel that I found in this this moment, um, it, it reminded me of basically the same exact situation in Lover's Walk with uh, Spike with, inside with Joyce and Angel mm-hmm. couldn't come in. Although, of course, this was that that moment was played for for comedy um and this was not i mean this is a pretty brutal scene Mm -hmm. um and watching angel 
completely fail to save this man through no fault of his own. I mean, he can't. He kind can't. of harkens back to the first episode how uh, how he failed. An- yeah, yeah. Angel is going to fail mm-hmm. several times in this series. Yeah, and and it's it is difficult. It is one of those things where it's like he, what could he have done? Literally nothing. Mm-hmm. He he cannot. He cannot pass through metaphysical barriers that are, you know, designed to keep his species out. Yeah. But it's still crushing. Like, it is. Like. Um, but as soon as Trevor does die, then Angel gets through. He immediately stakes uh, one of the vampires, but the one who killed Trevor gets away. Um, Kate does show up and uh, sees her father dead. And... Um, angel's trying to explain but she says like just get out elizabeth rome is so good in this scene like i think mm -hmm. she i think elizabeth rome gives a strong performance generally but this is um i'll I'll just say i her protestations of get out get out get out um were a lot more sympathetic than to me than ones we might hear in the future Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh but yeah so uh kate also um but uh, after Angel's left, Kate does see um, uh, the money that her father had gotten from uh, these drug dealers and uh, also a card for Kel's Exotic Audio. Uh, auto. auto. Kel's Exotic <laughs> Auto. Auto. Pardon me. Um, but uh, while she's finding that, Angel goes to his office and basically just gets decked out in his most fearsome weapons. Uh, so he's got throwing stars. He straps some knives to his ankles. I'm always a fan of a of a of an ankle knife. Um, he's got his uh, his um, uh, wrist what, stakes. Wrist stakes, yes. Uh, and you know, just a couple knives strapped to various places. Mm-hmm. And Wesley's like, I thought we were not going to be conspicuous. Blah 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 blah. blah. What are you going to do? And that's when he like flourishes his axe and is like, I think you know what I'm going to do. I'm Angel. <laughs> he doesn't actually say that, but that's the that's the general point. He does of it. say, you know what I'm going to do. Okay. Or, or at least something like to that, that, that effect. Uh, but Kate gets to um, Kel's exotic auto first and uh, she shoots, um, she shoots like all, like there are four four guys in suits around a table and she suits three of them uh the one she doesn't shoot is the one who of course is the uh kind of main vampire even though we don't really know his name um but uh and they're like oh you know we are you know that won't hurt us she's like yeah but i know that this will and she is able to stake that vampire so way to go you got her first vampire yeah proud of kate i also like that she's like I know this shooting you won't kill you, but it will make me feel better. Yeah, I wanted to do it anyway. I wanted to do it anyway. Um, but the demon shows up, and uh, he like all, they're all about to like send on her. But then Angel shows up for some backup, and uh, yeah, and uh, they've got some pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good fight scene overall. Yeah. Um, I'm really impressed with how Kate does in this fight scene. Yeah, it's her first. I mean, she's been in, like, a supernatural fight before, but this is the first time where it's, like, a demon, multiple vampires, um, and, yeah, she she 
dusts two at the very least. The, the one she already dusted, and I think she dusts another during this fight. So, good for her. But, uh, yeah, and as we said, the, uh, the demon goes down pretty easy. Angel hacks his head off with the axe. Okay, so, gauge into number three. So, basically, Angel strikes... There's two vampires left, and the demon. Angel strikes a deal. He's like, you let us walk, you get to live. Because uh, he does have the demon at, like, axe point. Mm -hmm. And the demon's like, okay, fine. And then, shock of shocks, the evil demon is like... The evil thing. Kill him! And Angel... Oh, gosh. Throws the axe in the air. Uses the wrist stakes to stake the two vampires on either side. Catches the axe as it comes down and chops the demon's head off. And yes, this demon was being built up as the big bad. He goes down way too easy. He's, he's, he's a bitch. But what Angel just did, sploosh. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, oh, was that... incredibly badass. That was so hot. <laughs> um... So, number three. Oh, the, yeah. That's so. So let's let's just pack this in. My gay agenda this week was Darla horny for for Liam, Darla staring at uh, chairs boobs, <laughs> <laughs> and um and uh, Angel's super badass uh, taking down of these vampires and demons. a lot of splooshing going on a in this episode splooshing. for you. Oh my god! My I really need to take this rug to get dry cleaned. <laughs> Um, Angel's trying to say, like, oh, is Kate okay? Um, tries to be light, but then says, like, um, then he tries, like, try to, like, console her about her father, and, uh, Kate's like, oh, well, my father is human, you wouldn't know anything about that. Oof. Yeah. Um, and now we get our final flashback, and, uh, yeah, um, Angel says, like, oh, I... Um, he is, uh, because at this point, let's just go ahead and call him Angel. Uh, but or he Angelus. is... Angelus. Angelus. He is, uh, he's very much, uh, killed his father. Yeah. Darla shows up. She's like, oh, damn. <laughs> and, uh, like, and he's like, well, I finally, finally won. And, uh, Darla's like, uh, no, no not really. Like, you killed your father and that, like, took a couple minutes. But, I mean, you're never, ever going to get his approval. And, uh... Yeah, that's going to last for several lifetimes. Yeah. And she says, um, she has that line where she says, like... what He says, like, was this an act... Are you still telling me that this is an act of love? And uh, she's like, oh, you're so young. Mm -hmm. uh, and she has, a, she, has, she, has this, she has this other line where she says, like, you know, what we were before. You're like, we take that with us. Mm -hmm. um, in kind of a... I, this is the point, not, I don't think this is the point, but, you know, at the very beginning of the series, uh, Buffy, you know, we had the, you know, when Jesse was turned into a vampire, it was like, that's not your friend. That's the thing that killed your friend. And the show has kind of gotten away from that idea of this. Yeah, it, it's it interesting that, um, it's implied that vampires have very heightened emotions. Mm -hmm. um, even So even though they are without souls, there's something else there. Um, and maybe, like, if you take away a soul, that's what keeps these raw emotions in check. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a line from... 
Ooh, I can't remember if this has already been said or if it, or if it's in a future episode. So I'm gonna say the line, um, but I'm not going to attribute it to any character just in case I'm getting into spoilers because I'm afraid I am. But a vampire, someone says to a vampire character like you can't love, and that vampire character says, "Oh, we can love." Um, just maybe not wisely. Mm. Um, and it's a really, I think, very profound. Uh, it's like you know, it's we can love quite well if not wisely is the line, which ooh, that's that's a good line. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's um, the 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 show is really, especially on Angel, um, getting into the humanity of vampires yeah which is um it, it helps it's easy to do that when your character is a uh, vampire yeah. your main character is yeah um and, and this um this kind of parallel between kate and angel of these two people who wanted so desperately this validation and love from their fathers but are never going to get it uh because kate's father was killed and Angel killed his father, mm-hmm. and um, and and just because, you know, their their the the death of their their fathers is not going to change the you know it's it's not going to make it any easier. Now it just means you'll never get it. Yep. And God damn, <laughs> that's it's rough. It's rough. But uh, and then um, we have like. We're back to the present. Kate is uh, putting flowers at her uh, at her dad's grave, and um, Angel's kind of watching from the shadows. He can't go up to her because it's broad daylight. So, also, I think she'd put him down. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I do not think that interaction would go well. That too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that is the, the prodigal. You know that episode seemed like very packed, um, even though. I know it just it, it felt it felt maybe a little longer than it actually was. I don't know if that was a I don't know if that's for good or bad though. So yeah, it's a weird episode. So the, I, my thing is all the the flashbacks, everything in the flashbacks is great. I it's, really it's, like it's not something that you would expect. Yeah, uh, I like that we get more of Angel. I love that we are getting more of Darla. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is. For always me, happy for Julie Benz to be on the show. Always happy for Julie Benz. But for me, this is where... Because we've talked about Darla, obviously. But this is where... This is the episode starting here, especially in that final scene, where Darla really starts to feel s- significant in a way that she she didn't quite before. She yeah, was the, the master's henchman. She was Angel's ex. Here, Darla really starts to take shape, I think. And I think for the rest of the season, the memory of Darla is going to be uh, mm-hmm. something that'll be on Angel's mind. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, and Julie Benz gets stuff to do and to play with it in this episode, mm-hmm. and I really love it. Um, Even though she's frankly not in it that much. It's, what, three scenes? Yeah, and so like... three. It's three scenes that she shot for this episode, yeah, and, and then, then like the, the montage, footage. yeah. Um, and the stuff with Kate and her dad is all good, too. It's really good character work. It really is, to me, just the drug-running plot that just... It's there for conflict, and it's there to incorporate Trevor Lockley into the conflict. And it's not bad, but it's 
it's forgettable. Said, it's forgettable, and as I said earlier, it's not essential. Mm-hmm. Like, I might think more of that storyline if they had just been Wolfram and Hart lawyers, because um, I would have been like, oh, at least this is tying into the greater world of the show. But it really is just kind of random, a random thing that Trevor Lockley was involved in. Um, and it's not terrible, but it's not... It is, to me, the part of the episode that you... You want to jettison, but you can't, because then you don't get the the really good character work being done here. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my thoughts. So I would give this episode um, 3.5... No, I'm gonna. Mm, uh, I'm I'm gonna do something I've never done before. I'm giving this episode three point two five, um, mysterious packages, out of five because I'm having trouble deciding if I want to give it a three or a three point five. I'm I'm sticking with three uh, three out of five uh, enlarged uh, Kawani demon adrenal glands. I was worried you were about to say enlarged Christina Hendricks's breasts. No. <laughs> they, they are very nice breasts, but I am not going to objectify her. Uh, She's more than that. Yeah, I, it honestly, sh- this episode, it didn't really hold me as, it didn't really like, uh, it didn't hold my attention as much as like, I, I, I feel like looking back on it, I'm like, I should, I should have really liked this episode, but I don't know, it just kind of, it doesn't hit too well with me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I, I do like the Angel flashback stuff. Um, and I think, I think, like, the Kate Trevor stuff is okay. But nothing, nothing too special. This is a very kind of run-of-the-mill episode mm-hmm. for me. Um, I'm going to say, I want to, in our, um, in our spinoff, if I may, uh, starring... Uh, uh, Nurse Gretel and Sister Badass. I think we can find a role for Chair, uh, <laughs> Chair the Bar Wench. Um, also, just for anyone, I don't, I, anyone who doesn't understand the Chair reference or, or Jason, I don't know if you ever watched. Did you ever watch Another Period? No. So Another Period was a um, it was a Comedy Central show ran for three seasons, and it was like. Um, Kind of the idea of it was it was like Downton Abbey meets Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So it was... I think I remember seeing commercials for this now. Yeah, so it was like it was like a... Um, it was like a reality TV show, but set in like... Yeah, it's like the real... The turn house, of the century. Yeah, the real yeah. housewives of Windsor Castle or yeah, something like um, that. Although it was set in... It, it was set in like the in the states, so mm-hmm. um, and it okay. was about this family, and they were like new money, new gotcha. the nouveau riche, nouveau riche, um, because they're the the patriarch discovered magnets or something like something like that, and um, and it was a kind of an upstairs downstairs, so you had the rich family, but also the servants, mm-hmm. and um, in the first episode, Christina Hendricks's character, and this this cast was packed. It was. Um, Natasha Legaro, uh, Ricky Lindholm, Paget Brewster, um, M- Michael Ian Black, like everyone you've seen in comedies, mm-hmm. like, um, but Christina Hendricks played uh, this new maid in the Manor whose name was uh, I think Blanche or Beatrice. I can't remember exactly what it was. It started with a B. I think Beatrice, but Beatrice was the name of Ricky Lindholm's character, one of the older daughters. 
um, who was in a, who was in a, an incestuous relationship with her brother, played by Jason Ritter. Um, and checks out. There's this bit where she's introducing herself. She's like, "Oh, my name's Beatrice," and Ricky Lindholm's like, "Well, my name's Beatrice, so you can't be Beatrice. We have to give you a new name." And they're kind of looking around the room, and they see it. Ch- she sees a chair, and she goes. Your name's Chair now. Yeah. <laughs> and and the character is, for the rest of the series, referred to as Chair. <laughs> and it just makes me think of Slagathor from Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call the boys something. All all, the all, all, I'm calling all the boys Dave and all the girls Debbie. And like, well, my name is Debbie, sir. Then out of fairness to the others, I'm calling you Slagathor. <laughs> Which he now, did. Come on, interns. Dave's, Debbie's, Slagathor. <laughs> I, lo- I love the. What's so good about that joke is the in fairness to the others. Like, <laughs> also just Slagathor. It's a funny name. It's a funny name. Oh, goodness. Uh, why don't you wrap us up, Harrison? Let's do it. Um, Slagathor. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. Um, we will be back next week with Buffy, Season 4, Episode 17. Maybe one of the more polarizing episodes of the series. I'm a fan, personally, but I know it's it's a love-it-or-hate-it episode. Superstar. Not to be confused with the movie, Superstar. Superstar! <laughs> I'm turning up, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I want to laugh it again. I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 or on Twitter at just plain old yamij. Uh, if you like uh, some of the stuff that you some of the stuff that you've heard on this, you can find my uh, original story about a bunch of monks who take care of uh, all, a bunch of different conservation projects throughout the United States. All you have to do is just do a Google search for monastic park. That sounds like a smoker's cough. Uh, I'm Harvey Firestein. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm Harrison. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also run a blog where I write about a different horror movie um, or whatever every week. Um, it's called horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. This week, um, if if I'm if I'm doing a month that has five weeks instead of four, which this month is, um, my fifth week I do a non horror film, and I this week I covered uh, the classic All About Eve, which I mean, again, super gay. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, I mean it is it is the Mean Girls of its day. It's yeah. a bunch of mean women. Uh, trading barbs, and uh, it includes one of my favorite lines: "All playwrights should be dead for three hundred years." <laughs> True. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail The and is spelled out a and d in all of those cases. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout-out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the Boys and Girls Club of America. The mission of the Boys and Girls Club is to enable all young people, especially those who need us most, to reach their full potential as productive, caring, responsible citizens. Visit www.bgca.org for more information. 
And as always, go slay. And be gay. And happy pride! Happy pride, y'all. Tara and Willow would be so pleased. They'd be proud. Yeah.